Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Arseholics. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mize, Raj, Aaron and Nero. How are we doing boys? Good. Uh, good. I was just sorry Aaron was laughing. I just wanted to call it. Why, why are we laughing? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just really happy to be here. Cool. So, happy birthday, Raj, for yesterday. Thank you. Oh, mate, thank you. Thought you may thank as well you very much. That. Do you know what? I got done. I got. Smart. I got done for driving without an MOT yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that was my birthday. Why, you, why didn't you have an MOT? <laughs> I completely forgot. Like I did, like barely driven over the last year. Um, yeah, that was nice. And so like when the when the guy was taking my uh, driver's license down, he was like, "What's your date of birth?" And he was like, "So it's your birthday today." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, How long were you driving without it then? Uh, it's three weeks ago. Apparently, it expired. So yeah, that was so, that was a sucky birthday present, a hundred pound fine, but at least Arsenal won. So that like, you know, I was just about to say, yeah, you got a nice birthday present at least from the Arsenal. Exactly. So yeah, uh, surprising win against Leicester away yesterday, three um, one. Not for those so, who predicted it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> me, no, it's me and you, isn't it? Um, yeah, for the optimists in our group, uh, not surprising. But I think generally, probably was quite surprising, really. Um, so yeah, uh, team lineup was a bit of a surprise. Oh, well, I wouldn't say maybe a bit of a surprise. It was a surprise to me. I actually predicted Saka, Bamiang, et cetera, all to start and get rested next week against Burnley. But obviously Arteta wasn't listening. Um, so he changed up a, uh, a majority of the team, actually, or a number of players in the team. Um, Suarez coming in at right back. Uh, Elneny coming in at midfield. Got a centre-back pairing of Marie and Louise. Um, and obviously the uh, starts for Willian, Nicolas Pepe and Lacazette up top um thoughts on the lineup Raj um I I did think we would rotate and I think it wasn't a surprise that we rotated I think it's always a surprise when you see it if that makes sense right when when the lineup actually comes out and you see the fact that all those players that you know we've been relying on recently um have been taken out for a game like this but I wasn't surprised I also wasn't surprised just in the context of the fact that it is a tough opponent and I think we played quite a robust lineup. You know, maybe that's with the Alneni and the Willian selections um, and Lacazette as well. So, uh, yeah, I was intrigued to see how it was going to go. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't, well, to be honest, I was expecting the worst when I saw that lineup. But to my reaction was, oh, he's he's not bothered about this game. Um, and I couldn't have been more wrong, really. Um, but... Despite that, we didn't uh, start very well again. Um, another game, another early goal. Uh, really, really frustrating way to start the game. Uh, Aaronen, so mistake from Xhaka. Um, mm. Misplaces a pass. Is trying to pass to Willian. The thing I noticed about that mistake, I mean, there, was a, there were a few mistakes after that as well, but um, when Xhaka's looking for the pass... Uh, into midfield he sort of hesitates for a second looking for someone to pass to and there's just no option and William is the only one and obviously tries to pass it to him and gets pressed really well by Tillemans and then what happens from there is is really really poor from our 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 point wasn't it yeah it was uh yeah Xhaka messed up the pass uh, but you know in that area of the pitch you can kind of forgive him but what happened after that was a like a huge disaster right you had Marie who yeah, which is so terrified of Vardy running in behind. And I actually, I watched it again, and Vardy did make quite a good run to just put that confusion 
into Marie's head. But there's no excuse. You you go and pick up Tiedemans, right? And then Elneny as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's two of them there. Elneny, I think by the time Tiedemans scored, there was like four four people around Vardy, I think. Louise had come back to cover Vardy as well. And there was just no one around Tiedemans at all. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know what happened. It was a bit of a shocker. But, you know, thankfully, that was the last of the defensive errors, which was good. But, yeah, like absolute shockers at the start. Mm. Do you think everyone yeah. is sort of running away from you know, our sort of current record of, you know, referees, you know, giving penalties against us, etc.? Do you reckon part of it was people were just too scared to sort of commit to that? Or do you think it was just purely, let's all mark up on Vardy? Uh, yeah, I think they were terrified of Vardy. I think mm. for whatever reason, like, you know, we we a we haven't started games well, like, and we have we seem to be developing a bit of a habit of like losing concentration at the start. There was a City game, it was Villa as South, well. Villa we yeah, conceded first second minute. Well. I think yeah. we we messed up, so we've got a bit of an issue. But I don't really know why that's happening, right? It's not like they go out at the start of the game and it's weird, isn't it? Say, we were discussing that the other day. Yeah. Like, what do you do? They don't go and say, "Let's just chill for the first fifteen minutes. It's going to be okay," right? So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially when it happens, whatever reason. Yeah. yeah, especially when it happens, then obviously the next game, you know, I'm sure that's that's the thing that is probably being drilled into their heads, you know. If it's happened once yeah. and it's almost a, you know, they're not learning from that maybe, mistake, which is you reckon maybe they're just so or, focused on it. Yeah. Nerves as well, maybe. They're like they're, every it's, time it's it happens, into their head, like every time it happens, to me it looks like someone is just off the page with regards to whatever tactical plan they had. Like it feels like there's someone who's just not done their job and then everything just falls apart like a you know deck of cards kind of thing. Like you've got in this time, it looked like this gap opens up. Maybe it's an understanding between Mari and, and Tierney and the positioning maybe of, of you know, the other central defenders and uh, the, um, David Luiz and, and um, even Xhaka. Maybe it's a lack of understanding there against City. We saw it when... It was a similar thing, right? Like you know, stopping the cross. Who's picking up the? Who's picking up Sterling in the box against Aston Villa? It was a very similar thing. It just was very scrappy. It always looked like someone was just not executing against the plan. And I guess credit to us. And I guess you alluded to it, Aaron. And like we do, we have tended to fix up after every time something like that's happened. It's not been incredibly um, impactful on how we've played afterwards. That being said. I think we were a little bit lucky, weren't we? Because Leno had that moment right oh, after yeah. they scored, didn't they? Well, that was weird. like that, that Because that bounces differently and that could have been a disaster. We could be 2-0 down, you know, in, in quick time. So, But apart from that, yeah, I think then we fixed up and never really looked troubled, did we? Just just on the goal, just one other thing I wanted to say on, on the Leicester goal. For me, when we talk about the reasons why um, this is happening regularly, but specifically on this one, for me, I think it, really makes it apparent. Like for me, that's an El Nenny's mistake. I think Marie's backing off because he sees Vardy on his on, you know, behind him almost or to the side of him and he's worried maybe he doesn't get a shout from Luisa say, you know, push on to Tielemans. But El Nenny should know that there's no way Xhaka's catching him. Mm. <clears throat> like mm. Xhaka has never had that recovery mm. pace. And I don't know why I'm not sure what it is about what uh, decision El Nenny takes to make to, for him to think that it's a good, good idea for him to back off as well just just didn't make sense to me and I think that's yeah I don't know I think a, a, a better quality midfielder or just player in that position m- makes a better decision um, really and maybe just goes and attacks the attacks the ball attacks the player 
Do you think it doesn't happen if Partey's playing instead of Elmeny? I was just basically? thinking of that. Yeah, mm. I was just thinking if that's Partey, he, you know what he's going to go and do. He's going to go and try and win, win the ball back or at least hold up the player. You know, when he sees that space, I think he's quite good at covering that space. So yeah, yeah, I think I think that's when you start to see the difference in the levels. I mean, we know what mm. Elneny can do or can't do, should I say, you know, kind of going forward and on the ball, but that's what he's in the team for, right? Like that kind of defensive stability and he didn't offer that in that in that moment, which is really frustrating. Um, I guess chopping and I know Raj, you mentioned it before and I have gone back to this point, chopping and changing teams. I guess Arteta has to because of, you know, the um, sort of um, domestic and European sort of commitments, but having a new sort of back five each game is going to cause confusion. Maybe that's probably why we start off slow because people are trying to sort of get used to each other as well. I'm not sure, I don't know if that's the, that's the reason, but... You're right. I agree with that. Doesn't help. I agree with that completely, actually, because I, I and I agree with both parts. I think that rotating is necessary, but I think rotating your back four so frequently, the back four element definitely, it's mm. obviously going to mm. cause something. Mm. And it feels like that again. Yeah. You know, when we played Leeds, there was that moment when Bellerin kind of was dragged out, and that back four had never played together before. You know, all that kind of stuff. Like, I think that does matter. Otherwise, look, we're basically saying that the science behind. How many seasons of football where people always talk about having set centre backs? It's been talked about exactly for decades, right? Yeah. We're basically saying that doesn't matter, and obviously it does. Mm. You can you can have your you can have rotation, but try and keep the same as or as many as the same back four mm. in your Premiership games as well as your and in your European games. Um, yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. I, I don't want to get too off topic, right? But who do you think Arteta's favourite, like best centre back pairing, actually is? Not not who do we think is the best, but who do you think Arteta thinks is the best? Do you think he, I don't know. I don't know if he knows. That's to be honest. I don't I, think I he's said figured that out. Gabriel and Louise. I would say that as well. I, yeah, I thought it seemed like holding was really in favour up until the point where I made that mistake against um, was it Villa and then City, Man City. The, the Sterling goal. Yeah, and uh, and obviously he's been out for another reason because the mm. concussion. But um, yeah, I'd I'd probably say Louise and losing Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah, the reason why I completely agree with that as well is because the more and more you look at so you know the more and more you look at tactical breakdowns of how we play, how we score some of our goals, you actually see how important the role of Louise and Gabrielle is in in how we start moves and stuff. Like so, for example, like I saw a piece on the internet where they were trying to show how Pepe was able to create so many 1v1s on that side and completely isolate the left back. And it basically all started from David Luiz bringing the ball forward into areas where effectively the central midfielders kind of then get taken a certain direction. Cedric's able to go around the side. You create it, There's a knock-on effect there. And I think Luiz versus Holding is a much better on-the-ball player, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I wonder if it's just based on that in in the fact that Holding can't do what he would like, um, you know, our central defender to do on the ball, and you know maybe why I think Saliba still has a big future at the club if he can, you know, sort out whatever it is he needs sort out because he's a true ball playing centre centre back, isn't it? Mm. But then Luis has always got that vulnerability with him as well yeah. of making a mistake. Yeah. So maybe depends on the opponent. Um, that's probably what he'll pick his. Yeah, I wouldn't be on. surprised if against Burnley holding started just because of like the aerial presence. His his strength seems to be he's pretty good in the yeah. air. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would. It wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all if we went with holding against Burnley. And, mm. yeah, what about Chambers? Burnley. He made a cameo sub appearance. <laughs> <laughs> he, he can't can't rule him out. Yeah. 
when you need to save a result, you bring on our I mean, James. It is a separate topic, though, is it? But I really wonder what Arteta's saying to Chambers. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? What, when, how but he's he not been in training for that long, right? He's only just hmm. come back. Is that right? Or it feels like he's I, been I know, around, on the scene like for a little while now, doesn't it? Has he, like, has he been fit for a while? I thought he just came know, back. Sort of. Honestly, Miles, I wouldn't be surprised if Arteta's probably there going. Let me just hold him back for as long as I can, so he doesn't give me a problem that I have to deal with, right? Because mm. at the at some point, Chambers is going to go. Yes. Yeah, so am I? What like fifth, sixth? <laughs> like what? What do you want me to yeah. do here? You know. Um, yeah. It's an interesting. Conundrum. We could we could do a whole series of podcasts on Arsenal centre backs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, he's sixth now. He probably was yeah. eighth when the season started. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. He's, yeah. yeah. And then like, don't forget, um, Mavropanos is still on loan. <laughs> Saliba is still on loan. Saliba, yeah. Yeah. Wait, th- well, in the summer, we should do it. <laughs> yeah. Every week, we just profile a different <laughs> centre-back. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, yeah, and then, and you know, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, as we covered after those errors, I think we just got, you know, really good and really in control of the game. And that isolation on Pepe's side was fantastic. I thought it just... Like, I don't know if it was just a really basic tactical plan that we did that Leicester just didn't think about, which surprises me because it feels like Rodgers is actually quite good tactically. And I don't really understand why he repeatedly allowed that fullback to be isolated in that way. And Pepe just had him on toast, didn't he? Mm. <laughs> it just the whole first half was ridiculous. It was like, honestly, like this I think indeed, indeed he was going over there quite a lot as well. And he obviously gave away the penalty that well between him and Tielemans right um the penalty that was then overturned which again it was great great play by Pepe he actually wins the ball back I think um on that far side really well um one two with Lacazette and unfortunately uh yeah was initially given as a penalty overturned um to be a free kick I I thought on first viewing on that I, I thought it was a penalty you watch the replays in slow motion and it Seemed like it wasn't. I think Raj, you said it wasn't as clear to you. Yeah, I, again, maybe that was rose tinted glasses at the time. I think that it, the way it looked like to me was that it's so borderline that the fact that it was given, I felt, should it be overturned? Um, clear and obvious. But I, yeah, again, it comes back to that. But I think honestly, you know, with it all slowed down, it does look like the first contact was outside the area. Um, just. Uh, and there's a debate as to whether there was ever a, a, even any real contact from the second player, um, Tielemans, when he when he kind of came over. But again, I think it's one of those that I I was surprised that the fact that it was given that it was overturned. That's what I was surprised about. I think, um, I think if there was contact, it was there wasn't any contact. It just really didn't like yeah. there was any contact from. Yeah, okay. If there was contact with Tielemans, then what should it have been a penalty? Yeah. Or is it? Even if it's yeah. a harder decision, right? Because yeah. uh, the fact that the first contact was outside the box, they, did they give they gave a free kick, free kick, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the free argument free. could have been the first one knocked him, didn't knock him over. Yeah. It was the second one that knocked him down. If there was, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Contact, yeah. then yeah. it would have been. A, but I think, yeah, I didn't see enough contact to be honest. So I think it was fair. I think it was fair to have a free kick. Yeah. Well, luckily for us, uh, we managed to get back in the game pretty quickly. Again, um, Pepe, as you said, Raj causing their left-back massive problems. I think it was him. Um, yeah. Uh, wins a free kick for us. Um, Nero, I'll let you take this one. This is your, your, <laughs> main, your main man, your guy uh, with the assist. Yeah, so he's now got four <laughs> <laughs> premiership assists for Arsenal. 
<laughs> it's got five then. I see, hasn't it? Because no, you... the second one didn't count. I don't know. No, oh, no harsh. because it was a deflection. Yeah, harsh, <laughs> harsh, harsh, so harsh. It was getting very excited there for a minute. Yeah, had the whole podcast. Right, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good move, though, wasn't it? In terms of a set piece, it's what we, I guess, what we were paying a yeah. set piece coach I was, for. Um, I think initially my response was, uh, oh, he was very poorly marked. Um, but then I think yeah. it was, if more than anything, it was sort of good movement. It was, yeah. Uh, it was good run. I've got a question for you guys. So, David Luiz and William obviously combined for a goal for Arsenal. <laughs> they did for Chelsea as well. Yeah. Which other Arsenal pairing combined for a goal for us and another team? Oh. Which other oh. Arsenal? What, for us first? What, sorry. Or whether it's for us or not. So, David Luiz and, David Luiz and uh, William scored. They combined for a goal for Arsenal and they did for Chelsea. Mm. So another mm. pairing scored for Arsenal as a uh, combination and they scored another one for a different team. Do you guys know it's that gotta combination? Be a, it's got to be a City combination, hasn't it? Like Nazri and Adebayor or... No? Oh, wait, you mean in the current team? Oh, no, no, oh. no, no, not current Oh, team. ever? Ever, yeah, in the Premiership. Is it someone and Van Persie? No, it can't be. No. Nah. Mate, we could be here all day, lads. <laughs> Ashley, Cole, Ashley Cole and someone? It was uh, John Hartson and Ian Wright. Oh, for West Ham. Okay, interesting. I was actually thinking you meant the current team, so I was like, Cedric and Callum Chambers, maybe. <laughs> so I have to, like, yeah, that was the only way I could go. Oh, mate, uh, Odegaard and Ceballos could have been. <laughs> ah, very good. Yeah, go. Okay. But yeah, very good yeah. header. Very, very good. good it header. was. It was a good mm. header. It was good movement as well, as you said, Nero. Yeah, it was. A, it was clearly planned. Um, mm. I think it's Lacazette who pulls. Um, his movement pulls, it might have been Johnny Evans away and creates a bit of space. And yeah, it was a really, good, a really, really good header, wasn't it? Right into the corner, gets a really good contact on it. We've, have we brought in, I think, I don't know if I'm making this up. I think we brought in a, like a set piece specialist coach. I think. <laughs> yeah, oh, we my, just said that. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> what you said. <laughs> I heard somewhere yeah. five minutes ago. <laughs> so yeah, the set piece coach, I think it's been evident from, a defensive perspective because we rarely concede goals from defend, uh, you know, from from set pieces. But attacking wise, it's just seemed a bit of a joke, right? Because it seems like we've we've had these massively rehearsed maneuvers that are executed so badly. <laughs> yeah. Apart from Leicester, where that was a very good move. Yeah, it was it was nice because yeah, you, like like my, like you said, Myers, it sounded looked like a few of the defenders. Sorry, our, our attackers took their defenders out of position as well. And then, yeah, it was a perfect ball from William. Fair play to him. And then, yeah, but then David Luiz still had a lot to do with that yeah. header. But, yeah, he, he pulled it off perfectly. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so 1-1. One, one, and I think it's at that point that Smith Rowe goes down um, as we're about to kick off. Is that right? Is that when he goes down, I think, and comes off? Was it just oh, just after we go 1-1, one, one, right? It was just after um, one of the goals, yeah. I think it was that one, which is obviously a bit of a blow. Um, but then, uh, so 2-1 um, to Arsenal. Pepe again receives the ball. Um, I don't think he does very well in terms of his touch. You can see he's trying to set him. He's on that, that sort of corner edge of the box, um, trying to set himself on his left foot. He doesn't take a very good touch. And then as he goes to shoot, he falls over, he slips. Um but uh, was it Ndidi who gives away the penalty? Hands all over the place. I was amazed that the referee didn't see it the first time round. I mean, I don't, I, to be fair, I didn't sort of look at the replay to see where the ref was and his positioning, maybe, you know, there's a player blocking him, but how high Ndidi's hands were and how clear it was, the play had to run on and he had to, and even, v, I mean, this is the thing I don't understand. VAR, 
asked the ref to go and look at it. So what, <laughs> the VAR saying that they couldn't make that, it wasn't clear to them? I don't think it's one of those where they try and like let the ref make the decision, which is one of those like procedural bits of nonsense, which is like designed to show the ref is in control. I don't know why VAR took so long to look at it, right? Yeah, exactly. You need one replay, tell the ref to go and look at it. To be fair to the ref, he went to the screen and within about 10 seconds, he gave the penalty. He looked at it once. He literally looked at it once. But VAR looked at it about 15 times trying to find every reason to disallow it but then <laughs> it was like no look this is a stonewall um handball but you know just just to go back on that goal that all came again i'm gonna be eating humble pie here but when willian you know, seemed to be possessed and, and yeah. ran you know and this this running thing that willian's doing is uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great right? um it just honestly out of nowhere he was like right i'm I'm going to give this a go. Maybe it was confidence from the assist. And he just like, it was like the best thing he's done within for like in six months. Right. But he, he beat a couple of players. And then I think he played it onto Erdogan who then played it onto Pepe. Who then like, I don't think whatever he was doing was very good. But like he said, mm-hmm. but yeah, gave us a pen. And yeah. at this point he's Pepe is on the end of every single thing we've done. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he won the, what was originally a penalty but then became a free kick um you know he 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 then won the free kick that led to the first goal he then you know wins this penalty with his shot right um at this point it's 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 really the pepe show with that regard and i guess this is the end product that we've all been waiting for you know like that kind of impact on a game that like real x factor isn't it Definitely. Yeah. I just yeah. hope He's, like both yeah. of them can, both William and Pepe can just keep it sort of consistent. They've they've clearly both got the quality there. Just hope that the youngsters coming through has sort of made them now look for that extra gear that, mm-hmm. and now you know sort of push on and, and we started the season off as them to us being our main t- our first teamers, right? So I don't know. Mm. Well, this is that's my question for you. Do you think their performances? give Arteta something to think about more? Or do you think Arteta was always clear that in this situation, these are the kind of wingers that I want and in a different situation, actually, I'd be playing Saka and ESR again? Mm, I think I, I think it just depend on sort of opposition, I think, uh, to a fair amount. Um, I think with, with this, I think with the, with against like Leicester, for example, I, th- I don't know, actually. Um, I guess time will tell, I suppose, right? Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to sort of judge it after sort of one game. Whereas right now, I'll be like, yeah, yeah them two are quite. You know, they're now both confident. Um, rest the youngsters, keep them refreshed, and you know, yeah. with this, these two are high, they've obviously got the quality and the you know experience to do it. Come next I, week when they have poor games, I might be saying, yeah. stick with the youngsters. So it's it's like one of those things. I think end of the day, we've got in a good position where we've got sort of four or five wingers who we know on their day can be match winners. Uh, and I think that's a good position to be in. It's just Arteta now needs to find the balance of, you know, which pairings to play when and just, yeah, keeping them all motivated and, you know, on form as well. So I think I mean, it's, it's not a bad yeah. position to be in, to be honest. At least they they all seem to be hitting form at the right time, um, mm-hmm. which is really, really nice, especially at the point of the season that we're in uh, or coming up to. Um, so Lacazette scores a penalty, a really, really good penalty, actually. I th- believe that's five in five for him in his Arsenal career, which is which is a good record. Mm. Hasn't missed, yeah, it's nice. Um, 
It is a so very go- different style of penalty, isn't it, Mike? From like how Oba takes penalties, I think. Yeah. Because with Laka, it really feels like once he's picked a side, he just absolutely smashes it. Yeah, he he does, smashes yeah. the hell out of it. Um, and it's a really reassuring penalty when it he, goes in. He's always been a great striker. I mean, not to say always. He's he's a good striker of a ball because he's a striker. But, you know, he's, yeah, you see a lot of his goals. I mean, he's the one against Spurs recently, or was it last season? I can't remember, from miles out. And I mean, he's always had a good strike, striker of a ball. So. For penalties, yeah, back, I'm more confident with, when Lacazette steps up, I feel more confident than when Oba steps up for penalties. Abame has missed a few, hasn't he? Mm, I missed that. He missed the Spurs. A Spurs first couple yeah. of years ago. Is, yeah. But is that is that it? Cuz I was thinking about this before we recorded. Is that that's the only one that Oba's missed that I can think of. And I remember when they did some analysis into that, that was basically the only penalty he's taken in his Arsenal career where he's not looking at the goalie before he hits it. So oh, really? in that penalty against Spurs, he I don't know if it was the pressure in that moment, you know, last minute against your rival, he he basically just looked down and he didn't give the keeper the eyes, but he always otherwise, you know, is kind of judging where the keeper goes and then sending it, at, oh, at, you know. Yeah, I was right. It was at, uh, it was at Wembley. I was, I was right behind that goal as well when he was shooting against it. So it was oh, like one minute of just euphoria. You know, was it late, I can't remember what time. It was a late penalty, wasn't it? Very late, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very late. Yeah. It was like euphoria, yeah, yeah. one minute thinking, yeah, we're going to sneak a win here. And then, yeah, it was when he missed it, it was... It was this time of year as well because it's my birthday that weekend. I remember. Oh, is it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. got your MOT done then, though. <laughs> <laughs> MOT done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, like. Um, but I do. I agree with you that there's for some reason I get a, a bigger sense of confidence when Laka is about to take the penalty because I just feel like even if the keeper goes the right way, <laughs> he's probably he's gonna. gonna yeah. He's still gonna gonna go in. It's when a, when a striker just smashes it, right? I know, like Vardy does the same. He doesn't doesn't mess about with penalties. It's nah. like. I'm going to get this. I'm going to hit it as hard as I can into the corner. Kane is um, the same. Yeah, it's very reassuring. Yeah. Kane is the same. Yeah. It was a good penalty. Um, so we went into the break 2-1 up. Um, and second half, we started again pretty well. Um, and the goal that we scored to make it 3-1 from Pepe um, was a really, really nice goal from an Arsenal point of view, wasn't it? Um, so... I was yeah, I was watching it back and um, I was really impressed with Xhaka actually um, for the goal because uh, the ball seems to be bouncing around in the middle of the pitch. I think it's Lacazette trying to kind of get control of it. There's a couple of Leicester players around him and Xhaka just comes in and just thinks, yeah, screw this. And I'm, he just comes out with the ball and all of a sudden there's all this space and he's running, he, he runs onto the ball, brings it out and um, plays it out to Pepe um, who goes on like one of his dribbles uh, directly towards the goal and passes it into Odegaard. And at this point, you're seeing like, everyone flooding forward. And yeah. we've got like four or five players in the box, which is not much, We haven't seen that that much this season. Um, and Odegaard, uh, I was really, really impressed. So first touch on his left foot and then straight away, I think it's outside of his left foot, just flicks it out to Willian. And the thing I noticed about this goal, um, Odegaard, the whole time, that as soon as Pepe re- receives the ball, the whole time, Erdegaard's looking to his left. He's looking to see who's like coming, who's alongside him, where's the defender. And he seems to be the sort of player that's always trying to, you know, create that picture of what's around him, where players are, where the runs. And they say that that's what the best players do. They used to say that about Bergkamp, et cetera. So it's really, really nice to see. And he knew that Willian or Lacazette, he knew that someone was there to receive that pass. Um, 
Unfortunately, William doesn't get the assist, Nero, but um, <laughs> managed to luckily get it through. I think he was shooting. It looked like he was just sort of trying to flick it past the keeper and somehow makes his way to Pepe. And nice, easy finish. Good goal. So I probably described it. I've done all the describing. <laughs> <on that game. laughs> what what do you want us to add to that, mate? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, thought you, I, thought, I thought you were going to talk about William again, Nero. Anything, <laughs> want, nah. anything you want to add on the goal? Sorry, I did go on. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Well, I think the quality of the move deserved a bit of luck at the end. You know, I think, like you said, like there were all these good things about that goal, so many good things about that goal. What Xhaka's role in it, I think Laka did some great work battling for that ball in the middle of the pitch. And then the thing that was so palpable, like you mentioned, Mize, is five players sprinted. They just went. They were all, and it was like, well, hang on, you all, you all mean business here, right? And they all got in a situation where I feel like you're able to take, make the best out of their strengths. So Odegaard's got in a position where he's in a tight space in the centre where he can distribute it wide, you know, and then you've got that really cute ball. Fine, it needed a little bit of luck or if it was a shot or whatever, but, you know, it, it's come in and Pepe's there waiting. Hmm. You know, it, it deserved it. They planned, they wanted to execute something and, and, it, and it happened. Um, so it, it was so encouraging to see that. And it was so nice. I don't know if you guys saw afterwards, but, Tierney and the celebration basically just took Xhaka aside and was just like, that was you, mate. Like, that was all you. Yeah. Like, which was a, which was really nice, yeah, I think. Because it just shows, I think, the appreciation that they have for one another. It was nice seeing them all celebrate. One of the nice things, I think, about that celebration is seeing the guys who have been stepping up recently for us, Oba and Saka, you know, there with the team. And it was always kind of like, okay, it's your turn now, boys. Do you know what I mean? Um, that was very nice, I thought. I think it was especially because especially those three you named there, like they have been getting a lot of criticism all year and stick from fans. Even like we've all had a pop at William Pepe or Lacazette at some point sort of mm-hmm. this season and if they should warrant, you know, festive football or even being at the club. So it was good that, you know, Arteta sort of brought them into this kind of game. Like, tough, tough game as well. It wasn't an easy game away at Leicester and all three sort of stepped up um, and it's good to see them sort of enjoying the football as well. Completely, mate. Like, really, I think yeah. I think the interesting thing about all those players is when they play well, they give something unique. Hmm. Right? They're a bit different to, you know, and I think with Laka in particular, I really notice it these days. Like, the way he played uh, against Leicester, we don't have a centre-forward who can do those things. But when he's not executing them very well, it looks very frustrating because he doesn't necessarily give you some of the things that Oba does, right? So, it, it, but but he, like his role for that third goal, like his movement in even the first goal, like his penalty, um, he works so hard. He's this little unit, small centre of gravity, very strong, very uniquely is able to manoeuvre the ball and, and use his strength. And when it's, when it's working, it's working. And Leicester are a good team, man. Leicester yeah. are a good team to go away to and, and come away with, you know, 55 percent plus of the possession and win 3-1 after going a goal down it's it's mm. not easy yeah it's interesting you said on Laka right I think he's one of those strikers where you know if you watch highlights you probably think he's you know, pretty average mm. but I think as a defender he's probably really annoying to play mm. against because he'll be like one time he'll be in front of you then he'll be behind mm. you then he'll be on the end of a deflected cross when you think you know where he is he's always moving around just being annoying mm-hmm. whereas with Oba you kind of know what you get right you either yeah. stop him and if you do then he's not going to do anything else but obviously Oba still has a lot of other threats whereas Lackey you just you don't know what 
you don't know what he's going to do. But it's also hard because the, you then say like, okay, well, what is Laka good at? Yeah. And you can't really say what he's good at because he's just this really scrappy striker that's kind of old school, but also someone who brings something quite unique. He's a, he's a striker that... will also give you a little, he'll give you a little elbow, won't he? Yeah. He's probably one of those guys <laughs> as well, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we yeah. don't have enough of them, mate. That's why we do need to get a bit dirty, I think. Uh, but I think, uh, no, I completely agree. Um, I think we could always see that Lack has got that work rate and what you can sort of see what he does, but he never had, he never added like goals and assists to his game. But I think this season, um, he's definitely sort of brought that on um, and he's sort of linking up play a lot better, um, getting the assists, getting the goals. So I think he's him adding that to his game has definitely made him more of a valuable player for us. Well, he's, he's had to do that in the early part of the season when we didn't have a creative player playing, right? Like mm-hmm. he was essentially operating as a number 10 when he was playing in playing as a striker and that's why he was dropping deep, deep so much um but yeah no i completely agree with you guys on 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 lacazette um mm. i mean generally follow after we went 3-1 up i thought we were pretty comfortable comfortable in the sense i i felt like we just dominated dominated the game and i don't think Leicester offered too much um i'm just trying to think of any chances that they had to come back i remember the one right at injury time um Ian Acho, i think it was when he should have scored, really. Um, maybe it would have been too late anyway, probably a consolation goal. I think it was sort of like the 94th, 95th minute. I can't think of any others. Um, but I think, I felt like we had the game under under good control hmm. for the major, majority, of, majority of it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think as a team, we're actually getting quite good at controlling games. Yeah. Um, ever since, you know, I think with this Arsenal team now, it's quite clear you've got like, pre-Chelsea Arsenal mm. and then post-Chelsea Arsenal, right? Like around Christmas time is when we sort of figured out how to play as a team. Um, and this post-Chelsea, post-Christmas Arsenal are very good at, you know, moving the ball around pretty well, keeping control of the ball, not giving away too many chances as a structural team. We're a lot, I think it's looking a lot more like a plan is coming together when it comes to like the way we move the ball. And you see trust. I feel, I feel I feel the players trust each other as well. They kind of know what each other's going to bring to the table. And, you know, your point around since since that Chelsea game, that's what makes the Wolves and Villa game so annoying, doesn't it? Because hmm. it, it, yeah. it has been so good. And that Wolves game, genuinely so unlucky, in my opinion. And Villa was, I think, still feeling a bit of a hangover for them from that game, to be honest. Yeah. Sorry, go on, mate. Uh, so just saying, the first half of that that Wolves game was still some of the best football we've played. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of like the way we moved it around, um, but yeah, still, still does my head in how it ended. Yeah, yeah. that Chelsea game is funny. Imagine if uh, you know we never had those injuries and uh, Smith Rowe never had started and scored and played well. We might not even be talking about him right now. So it's sometimes those you know bad luck. Who, injuries. who was injured? I can't remember, but who was injured? Yeah, Willie, that Willie, 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 one of them had COVID, went, didn't it? He went to yeah. Dubai, didn't he, or something like mm. that? So he couldn't play obviously yeah. and louise was he suspended from the previous game or injured so was, no, gabriel, oh, gabriel got christmas COVID, party, didn't yeah. they had that mysterious gabriel, party didn't they yeah 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 something like yeah it's a brazilian like but it's just it's just weird how things work out like that yeah well it's funny in it because like arsenal careers have sort of been made that way because if you remember that's how bellerin got his break when debushi got injured yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then he got the got his break, and then he just became this force of nature for a couple of seasons, right? Mm. Like it, it is interesting, but I think you know when we look specifically at this Leicester game, 
and you know we talked we talked about this previously but i've been so surprised i was so surprised in this game that leicester have basically played the same tactic three games in a row and you know we played them in the league cup at the beginning of this season and we went to we went away and we won 2-0 and I remember that game thinking it's really weird how defensive Leicester are playing. It's really weird how much they're backing off. Why are they playing on the counter at home? And we rested players and, and won 2-0. And then in the home leg, you know, the home leg, when we played at home in the Premier League, similarly, like they basically did the same thing, but won. Through a smash and grab, they won, right? And they just did the same tactic this game. And I would have thought, if you're Rodgers, don't you think that Arteta is going to have thought about it a little bit and thought, right, well, this is what you do. How am I going to combat that? And then don't you have to come out with some surprises? But he just had no surprises. And I was so shocked as to like when then you go 2-1 up at half time. And he basically doesn't do anything different in the second half either. Yeah. Do you reckon the Bonds injury impacted his or train of thought slash tactics a fair bit? Because he's been one of their most creative players recently, isn't he? So... That was the SR as well, so you know, mm. uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, no, fair. He's, he's just fair. just one player, right? I mean, they didn't have Madison either from the start. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I said mm. this, and this is what we we're discussing post game in our chat, right? That I think that second half, even if Leicester wanted to go for it, I don't think they had the personnel to go for it. So they lost Barnes, they lost Madison, who are their two best, most creative players, and in their place they brought on Inacho. And I'm not sure who came on for Barnes when. Is it un- under, uh, under under oh, Undertaker? Yeah, under. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they're they're okay players. I actually think mm. Under's quite a good player, but they're not Barnes. They're not Madison. They don't mm. get Vardy. They don't unlock him. So yeah, I think we played well, and I think first half, yeah, Leicester's tactics were quite questionable. I think we contain and we did contain them. We did play well, but even if Leicester were going to throw everything at us. I don't think it would have made a difference because they simply didn't have the players to hurt yeah. us. Hmm. That would just indicate to me that we have a fundamentally better squad than Leicester. If we basically rocked up away and rested many key players and were able to come out with the kind of quality to win 3-1 away from home after going a goal down. And and you know I say that provocatively because I think before the game, there was lots of chat on... On, on the various TV stations around how many of Arsenal's players get into the Leicester team. And okay, fine, maybe then there is an argument to say, all right, maybe Leicester's first team is very good, but their you know, backups aren't. But, you know, I feel we're in a, we're in a season where you know you're going to need to rotate. There's going to be injuries. And I, I, I kind of, again, I'll, I'm going to put my challenge towards Brendan Rodgers and Leicester. I think you've got to do a lot better than that when you're at home, yeah. to be honest. But yeah, we, we shouldn't get too carried away because... Like I said, before the game, most of us were like, again, me and my especially, we were like, yeah, we've thrown the game away, you know, it's starting Pep, it's starting William, there's no chance. So yeah, it's hard to, yeah, uh, yeah they, I do feel like in these kind of games for us to win, we need like every player sort of playing well and like Pepe was on fire, William was on fire, Xhaka played, I thought well, Xhaka played well. So in these kind yeah. of games, we do need everyone firing to win. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't think it's, I think it's a bit unfair to say, that our squad is a lot better because the, those players who performed yesterday haven't really been performing the rest of the season. So it just, it was good. It was good time in that they all sort of came together at the same time. Yeah. Also, I think it, it's kind of like how and who you take out of the teams because we were lucky, right? We lost Smith Rowe 
and we we had Erdegaard to bring on, right? <laughs> if we didn't have Erdegaard, and I think we would have played a lot considerably worse, right? You saw what, you know, pre-Christmas, pre-ESR, pre-creative midfielder mm. Arsenal was like. We were we were hopeless, right? Um, and again, you take certain players out of teams, the whole thing just crumbles. Mm. Um, and I think that is Leicester minus Madison. And then especially Leicester minus Madison minus Barnes. They're just not a functional unit, right? And if, if those two players are out for like a while, I think they're going to struggle big time. Um, mm. And I think their they're, they're kind of position in the top four could be under massive risk. It's the same with like a lot of teams, right? You take Fernandes out of Man United. Mm-hmm. Um, you remember Man United before Fernandes, they were, you know, hopping around where we were, right? They bought Fernandes, the whole thing clicked. And, mm. you know, yeah, he, he won them a lot of like penalties and like he's on individually, he, he's come with a lot of goals, but he's made Man United better, right? Um, and yeah, thank God we had Erdogan to bring in because without him, without someone playing in that creative role, either as a 10 or somewhere else, we would be a lot worse. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I'd probably say, probably say that's good qu- squad management from Arteta and Edu in that respect, right? The fact that they recognised that was something they had to rectify in January and got a player who, let's, let's, be, let's be honest, like he settled in so quickly for a guy who's never played in the Premier League before, a guy who was kind of, you know, trying to patch together his career a little bit after such immense promise. I think it, I think it is, is impressive from that way and... <laughs> You know, I don't want to go at you know go at him too much, but Martin Keown again, like for an <laughs> Arsenal for an Arsenal legend. I'm sorry, this guy just needs to like get his head out of his ass. I'm, I'm sorry, like the stuff that he's coming out with again. He's not going to come on the show, Raj. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, honestly, I'd love for him to come on. So I'd be like, how you? He obviously knows more about football. Trying than to get I him do. to replace you. <laughs> <laughs> but why is he saying this stuff? Right? Why is he coming out and doubling down such ridiculous? ridiculous point saying this is like do you, you recall he said this is an Odegaard we don't have time for this Odegaard ex- experiment he said before Benfica yeah <laughs> he didn't want to take ESI out of this central role and then obviously Odegaard played quite well against Benfica and then he plays well against Leicester and then you he goes he has the cheek he has the cheek on TV to go but you know there are some Arsenal fans who think that Odegaard playing in the centre is going to impede Emile Smith-Rowe's development. I was like, mate, that's you. You said that. You said that, mate. Yeah. Don't backtrack now. Right. Don't backtrack. So this really frustrates me. It's like, you know, because you need commentators as well. You need pundits. Unfortunately, pundits can influence how some of our fans behave. And oh, when yeah. you have mm-hmm. when you have yeah. pundits who turn around and say, oh, you know, saying that, basically what it's saying is, oh, look, is, well, does Arteta really know what he's doing? And that really frustrates me because we've got enough fans who take any excuse to be negative. All I see right now in front of me is a manager who's managing his squad incredibly well, who's, a ma- who's, who's managing his talent really, really well. And I, I think that, you know, Martin Keown and some others should just respect that. Yeah, I was really yeah. I was getting quite pissed off yesterday, like before the game. I think I thought it was obvious we had to rotate the team. And so Arteta rotated the team, we said, fine. And quite a lot of, I think, like so-called pundits and then a lot of fans as well were sort of jumping on the bandwagon that, oh, what's Arteta doing? Why is he doing this? And it's and it's like, come on, guys, if you understand football and the human body, you can't be playing the same 11 week in, week out, right? Or not even week mm. in, week out, twice weekly, bi-weekly. So I think, uh, yeah, I think a couple of them apologised <laughs> this morning to Arteta, but it's just, it's just a, like, I, I, I was, sorry, back to the starting lineup. I was, I was... Sort of expected starting lineup. I thought was sort of happy with that. That he's rotating. You know, Saka's getting a rest. 
So I was just confused why yeah, fans and sort of pundits were sort of having to go at Arteta for rotating so much. But Yeah, I think what annoys me about the media narrative with Arsenal is that like most Arsenal fans will tell you, like, we know we are not going to win the title this year. We know what? we're probably not. Exactly. <laughs> no, we're, we're, getting, we're definitely getting, we're definitely getting right. top four though, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we know like we're not the finished article. We know there is this is work in progress, right? Mm. But I think at least the four of us, like I think we can all see there are positives and we're finally going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, whereas under Emery, that was always questionable, right? Um, but just some of the criticisms are so lazy. Like so Arteta lazy. does have some genuine areas to improve on, right? Like we talk about his game management, his subs are often questionable. And yeah, some of his team selections here and there are like, are questionable, but like playing Erdogan is not one of them, right? Playing <laughs> <laughs> like rotating or resting Saka isn't one of them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I just I'd love some proper analysis yeah. of Arsenal. Is, is you use it... the right word. It's lazy. Mm, it's just yeah. lazy. No, I'm saying it's his first gig, right? As management, so he's going to make mistakes, and as long as he's learning from those mistakes, that's all we can ask for. Um, and I think, to be honest, like. I think fans need to understand that this is a rebuilding process and it's going to take time. And we can sort of see the improvements. Like we've always accused Arsenal of leaking goals left, right and centre since the Wenger days, right? No matter how good we are going forward, we've always been terrible at the back. He's addressed, like, addressing slash addressed that situation first. He's like, you know, can't be, you know, if we don't concede, we can't lose games, right? So he's addressed that first. And now he's obviously slowly then, let's keep ball, let's keep possession, let's control games, obviously without the creativity bit. Fine, let's sort of master that. The next stage will come. Let's be creative. Then next, let's create goals. He's getting the team buying into this sort of philosophy, and yeah, we'll lose loads of games on the way. But as long as we can sort of see, well, hopefully not loads, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not too many. But um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. hopefully, as long as we can sort of see improvement, you know, even if we lose a game here and there, at least we're not getting whatever no people say about how we approach the Man City game, we're not getting battered 4-0 like we would have. Very before. true. Yeah, and yeah. that's a very good point because if you see the stats, the amount of games we lose 1-0, the vast majority of games we lose by one goal. Yeah, we have this season. That's very different to how things were we before. We City, I think, home and away 1-0, right? Was it both 1-0, yeah. I think? Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. we would have conceded like eight goals in the last, <laughs> last couple of seasons probably. So, yeah. No, it's just, yeah. I yeah. think Aaron, you know, you said before something's important, which I think is about this media narrative and I think about how our fans, you know, actually do think. I think I agree. I think all our fans who watch Arsenal games regularly and watch it with any degree of detail, I think we all knew things had to get worse before they got better. We knew there were so many things that just needed to be completely reset. You needed to build foundations. And I think we, as a core Arsenal fan base, believed that and knew that. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, there's this narrative that, you know, that that's not the case or that Arsenal fans are, like, frustrated. Like, yes, look, you go on Twitter, you'll see lots of Arsenal fans complaining about stuff. Mm. You'll see loads of them. I, I, I don't know many Arsenal fans who really love the club, who really watch our games in detail, you know, who, who really haven't accepted that there's work that needs to be done and haven't seen growth in areas Nero, like you were talking about, genuine growth areas, turning things completely around, turning behaviours around from behaviours that have been prevalent for like 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's we're seeing good things and who knows, it might be, I don't know what you guys think, but it might not be a case where Arteta is the one who 
is the forever manager. He might not be the manager who is the right one to take us past a certain level. You know, it might be that he's a guy that needs to carry us a certain way. I, I don't know. Mm. Um, but whatever the case, I can't fault the job that he's doing, to be honest. I think he's had such a tough job and I think he's made such palpable changes. 100%. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you guys have just said, really. Um, yeah, I mean, Nero, you touched on the improvement um, that we've shown. And I think, I mean, there's the league table, which is the league table where we sit 10th. But the, the table that really matters is the, the table since Christmas. I don't know if you guys have seen this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this. So we're actually, um, so it, it, it's demonstrated by the turn uh, of our form and performances since that uh, Chelsea game, sorry. Um so we're now we're fourth in the table since Christmas uh, in terms of points accumulated. Um, obviously, City the top, then West Ham surprisingly second, and United third. Um, so twenty three points from twelve games, and to be fair, West Ham have only got twenty four from twelve games. So we've obviously really turned a corner. Um, only conceded nine goals in that period as well, which is really really impressive. So only second to City. So that just shows how things have changed from our start of the season. Unfortunately, that start of the season that we had or that initial part of the season is what's going to cost us this season in terms of our league position, it looks like. Mm. Um, but yeah, the signs are there for everything that you guys said in terms of the way we're moving. Um, the signs are there. So yeah, I think it's definitely a case of, you know, back Arteta, you know. For, yeah, yeah you I see, think you can see the improvement. Frustratingly, I think we're probably going to end up finishing annoyingly close to top four, but not getting top four unless something you know unless it's a miracle we we you know looking at our run right we've got we've got actually quite a kind end to the season like after our last six or seven games are teams who are kind of bottom half teams mm-hmm. but it's the next kind of five we play Liverpool we play Spurs um and yeah so it, it's gonna be those games if we can get through this next four or five games and scrape some wins then we might have an outside chance but yeah I think you're right Mice. Um, the damage was done kind of October, November yeah, time. Unfortunately. And that Wolves game, Villa game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, like, even before, like, we used to, we hardly, you know, we were struggled against the big four. Like, since Arteta's been there, we've got, like, you know, he seems to have good results against United, beat Liverpool in the league last year, got another cup run. So he's now sort of structured us so that we can sort of beat the, beat the big teams as well. Um, even in that game against Leicester, yesterday's game, that was the first time we've beaten a team starting in the top three away from home since 2015. Oh, really? Do you know what game ridiculous. that was? That is a ridiculous game. That's really. Do you know sorry. what? Do you know what game that was? The 2015 game. Nah. That the, it was the City Matt, City game. Cazola. Oh, Cazola. Oh. Yeah. Is it Cazola oh. and? I heard that today as well. Yeah. Uh, Cochran and Cochran. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that guy made was. a career at Arsenal after that game, didn't he, Cochran? <laughs> I always thought he was an average player. Had that good game, and then he was average player. Let's yeah. <laughs> average player had that but... good game, and he was in the Arsenal team for another two years after that. Yeah, it really it didn't help him the fact that we ne- we didn't have a, like a defensive midfielder for like five years before that. Yeah. So I think I was like, oh my god, there's a guy who's in the middle of the park and tackle. It's like crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, go on, Raj, go on. No, what I was saying is like it, it. We've got to just hang in there. If you know what I mean, we've got to just hang in there. Like I think during this tough period of games coming up, we just can't allow ourselves to implode because other teams are dropping points here or there. And like you say, Aaron, in, towards the end of the season, there's a decent run. There's still not. There's still a lot of points to play for. There's still, you know, we're still not a million miles off. And I think 
like personally, if we if we finish the season in the top six, and I think a top six and winning the Europa League would just be phenomenal. But the tough thing oh, with yeah. that winning Europa, tough... winning Europa League and finishing fifteenth would be a phenomenal. Season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like looking at the league now, so we've got twelve games to play in the league, right? If we are to get to the final, that's another seven games in Europa League. Yeah. So that's potential nineteen yeah. games left in the season. And you've got the likes of, like I said, Everton and you know West Ham, for example. They've only got the twelve games, so it's they're going to have so much more I mean, rest period than you're, us. You're right; it would be a lot of games. Ideally, we'd want to be in that position, right? But the thing is, is okay. We might have the squad I'm to sort of do thinking, it, which is I'm good. Sort of, well, yeah. I'm sort of thinking of the squad. And I'm sort of thinking of the players that haven't played that much this season. You're talking about Partey, who's just come back to fitness, so he's essentially he's had an extended lay, you know, layoff, whatever you want to call point. it. And um, mm. he should be, hopefully, you know, if, if he stays fit from now until the end of the season, I mean, Tierney's had periods out of the team recently or a couple of periods out of the team. So he's almost, you know, he looks, he looks like brilliant, you know, he looks hundred mm. percent fit again. Um, Martinelli's just come back. He's not getting any minutes, you know, Williams. I don't, I don't form. understand uh, why he wasn't, he didn't come on instead of Aubameyang, like with, whatever, five minutes ago. Yeah, that, 10 minutes I don't, ago, right? I don't understand that. Like, if you have Martinelli on the bench, then surely that's not a... There's no better scenario to bring him on when you're 3-1 up with 10 minutes to go. Just for that a bit of a... Weird. Which I don't, don't understand. Reason, yeah. But that's yeah, back we'll to, to see in, what in game. The next few games. I mean, yeah, mm. no idea. No idea. Um, but I think I'll add to it, Mize, is what is is what I, th- I think that... I don't think it was a surprise that we won our Europa game and Leicester lost their Europa game. And they went on and lost this game and we won this game. I do think that there is that kind of, that form, that feeling, that good feeling that kind of comes with the good results in the other competition. So I think that our Europa League run, if we carry on going in the Europa League, I think the positivity from that will permeate through to how we do in the league. If for no other reason that you've got so many players competing for positions, right? That they'll Mm. all want to play in some of those big Europa League games as well when it comes to the latter stages. And I think the the huge positive from me, from my perspective, from you know, in that Leicester game is the fact that so many of these fringe and inverted commas players stepped up. Mm. You know? Um and and I think that can only bode well. Yeah. So let's see. How long is um, Smith Rowe out for? Does anyone know? I don't think anyone knows. I don't think we know yet. I don't think uh, mm. they've confirmed that. That's, that's... Yeah, it will be a miss. Um, but I think, like Aaron and said, at least we've got another creative player who seems to have stepped up mm. from the moment he's he's put on an Arsenal shirt, which is nice. Um, who, William? So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah um so yeah well we'll have to see what happens with esr um hopefully he's not out for too long yeah. um anything else guys before we wrap it up got a week off haven't we we've got yeah i was just about to say so we've got a week until our next game so we'll be bringing a preview of the burnley game later in the week um so until then cheers guys thanks very much if you're watching on youtube Hit that thumbs up button. I'll be waiting to say that, actually. Um, Raj, did you get the uh, subscribe button sorted on the screen? No? I've got no idea. No, no, no. Sorry. Find a graduate at the firm somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows about these things? Yeah, we need to sort that out. Yeah, we'll see you later in the week then. Thanks again. Also, if you you don't like it, please just put a thumbs up anyway. (laughs) 
How, did we get an official thumbs down last time? <laughs> yeah, Someone we gave did. us a thumbs down. <laughs> well, you know what? I'd respect that. I'd respect the, that person if they actually like sat through the whole thing and then put the thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> that, and I'd be like, fair play. <laughs> All right, guys. Cool. Great. All right. Leave it there. <laughs> See you later. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.